something special and timeless about Smash Mouth's All Star. I don't know what it is. 100 years from now, kids will still be singing it. It's a tragedy. I'm waiting for the Broadway musical, personally. And I think who better to bring it to the screen, to the Broadway screen, than Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Killer segue, Gabe. <laughs> the new Fantastic Beasts trailer came out. Yes. Today. Looks really good. The Secrets of Dumbledore, is that what it's called? Secrets of Dumbledore. And he has many. And just they seem to be growing more numerous by the And there are many Dumbledores too, which is interesting. <sighs> which I forgot, yeah. In the crimes of Grindelwald. I guess there are at least three. Thrice. Actually four, if you count the sister. What sister? There's a sister. Is she important? I don't know where she is. <laughs> She's running the brothel at Hogsby. <laughs> <laughs> She's running amok somewhere. She could be dead. I don't know. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Sister Dumbledore. No, but the movie looks great. I'm excited to see Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. Reprise Johnny Depp's role as Grindelwald. I'm excited to see this little Order of the Phoenix thing going on that they have little rebel alliance mm-hmm. to fight mads and his gang from attacking the muggles i'm excited i love harry potter the a no, lot the nomadges one day yeah the nomadges i think nomad is the american yeah it's the american what they say so i think they say muggle because they're from britain yes but yes he would say nomad is what they call them in america the yeah. wizards in america call the nomad nomadges i'm a nomad nomage <laughs> it's a nomage <laughs> I'm excited for the movie, and a lot of people aren't, I know, but here is Steven again with another unpopular opinion. So spicy, Steven, relax. Shocker. They're fun movies. You know, even if they can't hit the magic, you know, nail the sweet spot of the uh, the originals. Would these movies be no magis? <laughs> that, was a, that was a great- Because there's no mag in the movie. They're still fun, though. It's on me, a no mag, a movie. Yeah, they're I, I fun. I think this one could be. I like them a lot. Potentially the best one yet. I think I like them the most out of anyone I've ever met who also <laughs> likes Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I am just as much of a devout fan of those books and the movies as anyone, but I'm also not a myopic, insular humanoid where I only adhere to certain franchises and IPs and not others. So right. I try. I try to be. You're like a renaissance. I try man. to be accepting of all of all yeah. IPs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I apologize to all my friends. <laughs> You're throwing shade casually. Shade. It's, it's okay. Anyway, so I saw two movies this weekend. Nice. You also saw a few movies, but... I saw one new movie and two older movies. We're going to get there on the next podcast. So this, this podcast entry is Stephen talks about the movies that he saw... And Gabe asks questions. And the next podcast will be Gabe talks about the movies he saw and I will ask questions. I like these roles. I like being the facilitator and the interviewer. Yeah. And then you can, because you're a much better speaker than I am. I also like facilitating because I love being able to just interject and not have to run the show, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Which is hilarious because that's what we're doing here. We (laughs) We run this show. But yeah. Well, Steven... What was the first movie you saw this weekend? I saw, I took my daughters out to their first theatrical experience. What? We saw Disney's latest animated feature called Encanto. Encanto. Is that the one with the magic? It is the one with the mag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's like... Uh, and the- what's, what's surprising is the protagonist of the film was a nomad. <laughs> 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> she was. Everything's so relevant. I know. It's crazy. Did you plan this whole thing? <laughs> so Encanto takes place in Colombia. It essentially follows this family and the lineage of that family and the magic that surrounds them. There's the story that the grandmother, the abuela, tells mm-hmm. that she was fleeing from um, somebody important that I didn't catch. Because, again, I saw this with my two young daughters. We're talking the, the ages of two and, and seven months. So uh, they were crawling all over me and my wife while we were trying to pay attention. <laughs> but the uh, she was running away from some revolutionists or something. The Inquisition. Yeah, maybe. That made it, that might have been it. Someone someone like that. And uh, they had to leave their homes because they were being burned down or something. And so Dang. to save their triplet children, they ran across this river and this magic sprung up from the ground and turned into this candle that represented the life of this magic. And around the candle, a house propped up just sprouted sprouted up out of nothing this beautiful house three bed two bath (laughs) uh no many beds many baths wow and the house which represents the enchantment which is why it's called encanto or the magic started to give the lineage of this abuela all the offspring and the generations thereby magical powers so each kid gets a gift like some sort of x-men like the Fantastic Four? Gift, yes. Nice. Or, I mean, any superhero, superpower. And eventually it gets down a couple generations to our protagonist. Her name is Mirabelle, and she's voiced by Stephanie Beatrice from, or Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. She's that kind of, who's like kind of cold. Hard, hard-ass cop, yeah. Yeah. But she's actually hilarious. I love that freaking show. We're supposed to do an episode for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but yes. we'll get there eventually. Next year. Yeah, probably next year. Anyway, all of her family, her uncles, her cousins, her parents, they all have gifts. Even her younger cousin, I think it was, gets a gift in this movie. For some reason, she didn't get a gift. And when you get the gift, the way that you get that gift is you open up a door and that becomes your room. And you move out of the nursery room into your room and a new space opens up in the house. Okay. And inside that room, it's like the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Her young cousin gets the ability to talk to animals, and he opens up his room, and it's essentially this vast jungle. And ultimately, she starts to see the house fall down. She has to go on this journey. And essentially, the spoilers, by the end of the story, you understand that the house is a metaphor for the connection between the family and the strength between the bonds of the family members. I thought it was going to like branch out and have be this vast adventure that traverses lands and many mountains but it wasn't that at all it all took place within this house and this family and the house like i said is a metaphor for the strength of the family so she starts to see the house fall down in this vision and she has to figure out why it's cracking and falling apart and it ultimately boils down that her abuela is causing everybody this great angst and stress and um and she is the reason that the house is crumbling and they, the enchantment and the magic is disappearing because everyone feels the need to live up to this great lineage that she's left for them. So, And then essentially, young Maribel's gift is that she is the one to essentially bring the family back together and restore the magic back to the house. That's ultimately her gift. That's not magic. 
So she doesn't get magic. It is magic. She's the, she's the one that like literally unlocks the door to the house and restores magic and brings magic back to the, to the whole family again. So like, that's the gift that she got (laughs) in the end. But she can't like turn invisible or fly or nope. Generate force fields. Negative. Got it. Well, that sounds fun. Did, were your daughters enthralled with this? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably underselling it, but every single song in this was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh course and the music was great and uh really engaging the story was great this was probably one of my favorite disney animated movies like original movie with an original plot that i've seen in a long time most of them like kind of feel samey even ride the last dragon which i i really did like just wasn't as good as this this was I loved the story. I loved that it ultimately came down to the family bonds, the family ties that bind us together and and the importance of family. And it also was about the unspoken things in a family that people tend to ignore and not confront in a family unit. And I thought that that was very fascinating. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Because you don't see that often in a kid's movie or like an animated movie. You don't see that in a lot of movies. You you don't see people confronting openly, hey, my grandma never talked about this thing. Why does she never talk about this thing? Why do my parents never mention this? You know, what happened what happened to Uncle Joe that got lost and did he die? I mean, we never spoke of him again. Why don't we ever talk about Uncle Joe? Like that kind of thing, you know. So that's what this movie was about. It was about bringing all those things to light and confronting all those those dark corners of generations of family and family trauma etc so i really loved it um i think i think it was just like a brilliant sort of message for kids to hear and learn and also grow up with hopefully as they rewatch it on repeat viewings and it was done in such a colorful and uplifting way i really enjoyed it yeah a lot of those disney animated films seem to be like that with the uplifting messaging and the colorful metal (sighs) The last time I the last time I had seen anything that impressed me as far as like a message or messaging in a Disney movie was Frozen One, when it essentially taught young girls, maybe boys, to uh, not fall in love and give your everything to the first person that you meet. It like kind of deconstructed that whole Snow White someday my prince will come, and essentially made it so that like the first person that you meet actually turns out to be the villain mm-hmm. and you need to take your time with love and don't f- yourself. That's awesome. Yeah. I loved that. I was like, yes, frozen. They get it. And this, this movie in Kanto has similar messaging where it's like, Hey, let's confront some of these dark corners of our past that like maybe previous generations never actually acknowledged. You know, I love it. It's always really cool to see them do that with other cultures too. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it took place in Colombia and, you know, aspects of it were in Spanish. And that'll segue right into our, my next movie. Well, Stephen, what was the second or the other movie that you've seen this weekend? I took uh, Allie out, uh, my Allie. I took her out on a date to see the new West Side Story. Steven Spielberg hasn't directed a movie, I think, since Ready Player One back in 2018, I believe. Yeah, only a few years ago. Yeah, and this was his first movie since. And, God, I mean, it's not every day. It's brand new Spielberg movies in the theaters, so I had to go see it. That's a classic musical, isn't it? Yeah, it was made in in 1961. Oh, the 60s? 61. And I had never actually seen that movie, but I was reading all these reviews about Spielberg's West Side Story saying that he achieved the impossible, and I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) 
And I was talking to my mom, because I guess the original West Side Story, the 1961 West Side Story, was one of my mom's favorite movies. Oh, wow. And she said, it's one of those movies that everybody loved that you just you just don't remake like you don't remake that movie and plus how could you because the first one's so good it's like it's like remaking it's a wonderful life it's like you you can't do that you know well they could and they would (laughs) (laughs) uh they haven't they haven't tried tried to remake you're giving some random listening executive ideas right now you should be careful (laughs) hey well put spielberg in charge of it's a wonderful life i would love to see that movie seriously though spielberg doing it's a wonderful life i would lose my mind that's one of my favorite movies so his final film it's in the books. But I was unfamiliar with West Side Story. I sort of kind of kind of understood that it was supposed to be like a Romeo and Juliet. You know, you have two warring houses or families or gangs. The original movie was an adaptation of the musical from 1957 by, I think his name was Arthur Lorenz and Stephen Sondheim. He was the person that did the music for the original. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the music for this as well. That guy just passed away, didn't he? Yes. Which is crazy because they had an interview of him talking about Spielberg doing the new West Side Story. It's just like really crazy because, you know, he lived long enough to know that Spielberg was going to adapt it. But uh, West Side Story, this new adaptation, Ali and I, we both watched out of the theater thinking, wow, that was really well done. Honestly, there was not a bad thing to say about it. It was, you know, it was Spielberg. Was Spielberg at his best, you know, in my opinion, making something great? Uh, the performances were great. The music was fantastic. You know, the blocking and the musical numbers, everything. The look of it all, the cinematography. And the funny thing was, Allie, one of the first things she said when she walked out, she's like, this is a weird thing to note, but the coloring of it was really cool. She's like, certain colors like teal and red or like maroon. She's like really popped and other parts of it were desaturated. She's like it mirrored and mimicked old Technicolor film. Hmm. She's like, so whoever colored that, like really knew what they were doing. They were really trying to like make it feel like this movie was from the early 60s, like old Technicolor used to be at that time. It's really insightful and really very true. You know, that is exactly how it looked. It was really very pretty to watch and pretty to look at. Even if the songs weren't engaging to you, the way it was shot and the way that the style of it all and the way that it looked was just so engaging to watch the whole time. The camera movements, everything about it. There's nothing bad I could say about this movie. Yeah. How, was, how was Ansel Elgort, or what's his name, as the main Baby guy? Driver was great. Baby Driver was great? Baby Driver was great. He played Tony from the white guy side, and he falls in love with Maria. Rachel Zegler. So essentially it just takes place between the Puerto Ricans and the Ameri- like the white people, who are all descendants from Irish or you know other kinds of... So it, it was essentially like this race war as they were trying to claim their turf over land that you know essentially was about to be knocked down anyway. So it was kind of like a moot point. But was that race aspect part of the original stuff? Because I, I have no idea. Yeah. It yeah, was in yeah. the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Rachel Zegler is really awesome. She had never done anything before. Anything. And she came from singing and performing like in her high school. And then she was found and discovered, I guess, she out of thousands of audition tapes, she was the one chosen. She has this quality. She's also cast as Snow White in the upcoming Snow White live action Disney movie. But the relationship between Maria and Tony was super well done. Very believable. You very much get caught up in the romance of it all. And then uh, David Alvarez as Bernardo. That's uh, 
Maria's older brother, who's dating or married to Anita, who's played by Ariana Debosi or Debosi? Debosi? Debose? Not sure about that. Sorry. And she was an interesting role. The original girl who played her in 1961 was Rita Moreno who won a Best Supporting Actress in that role. And Steven Spielberg called up Rita Moreno to be in this movie, and they wrote her a brand new role for this West Side Story. And so she plays sort of this drugstore owner called Valentina, who is housing Tony's character. And she's also from the Puerto Rican side who fell in love with a white person. And so they had that history, but you know, it also is an homage to the original, which is interesting. Hmm. And then Corey Stoll was in it. He's from the first Ant-Man movie. Yeah. He played the lieutenant, the racist lieutenant. Um, <laughs> and then Officer Krupke was played by Brian D'Arcy James. And then Riff, who was Tony's best friend and the troublemaker, uh, he was the head of the Jets, was played by Mike Feist. Feist? And he was a really interesting character. This is like a very interesting, like I said, a very interesting uh, turn of events throughout the whole film. And it does have a very tragic Romeo and Juliet ending. Did they incorporate, I mean, did it bring a lot of new stuff to the table or is it basically just a pretty faithful adaptation of the original? There's a lot of new stuff. Okay. Lots of new stuff. But at the same time, it is also very faithful. Is it all the classic music or is the music re... No, it's all classic. Uh, It was interesting as Rita Moreno's character sang a song and I was like, well, if she's new, a new character to this story... What song is she singing in that moment? So I was a little unsure because, again, I had never seen the original. But I went back and started rewatching some old clips and the songs from the original. And it wasn't really until I started doing that that I sort of realized that Steven Spielberg's adaptation is like. Better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe better (laughs) because it, it, it was incredibly made Mm -hmm. and. Well, you got Spielberg. Extremely engaging. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't say enough good things about it. I would recommend everyone to check it out. I think it's worth your time. I think it's worth everyone's time. And there's a lot of um, sociopolitical statements, themes to the movie that are just as relevant today as they've ever been. Who, who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> 60 years later, one of the characters I think is like a trans character. Is that... The, what you were telling me is that yeah. it's banned in certain countries. Yes. Yeah. There's a character who is played by Iris Menes, Menes, and they're following the jets around the whole time. And they keep telling them to be like, Hey, go away. You're not welcome here. And then proves themselves in the end. And, but no one can really tell that they, they make mention of the fact that they can't tell whether it's a, a boy or a girl or something like that. Hmm. Um, topical and I think they claimed to be a boy or something I can't remember but it was this very like subtle thing and then you also had like the extreme prejudice from both the Puerto Rican side and the white person side again I can't remember it was like a mix of Irish and English and Italian Italian yeah 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 lots of Italian sorry I should have said that before the good old jizzy voice yeah yeah so so and then you had the other layer of this microcosm class 
classist warfare where the racist lieutenant, the Corey Stoll character, essentially says to all the white guy, all the white boys at one time, he's like, hey, all you guys that are here are a direct descendant of fathers and mothers that couldn't make anything of themselves and decided to just stay in town. So there was that whole aspect, that whole angle as well that was being played. And so not only was it like whites versus Hispanic, it was also, there was a classist aspect because the Puerto Ricans were like, no, it's a privilege for us to be in America. And they're talking about how much they love being in America over where they were in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And then all the white people are basically saying like, we hate being here and we're stuck here and we could have been elsewhere, but because we're stuck, that's like why they're causing and stirring up trouble because they feel like they can't ever achieve anything in their lives. So that was really interesting as well. It's layered. It is very layered. And then even becomes more layered as the events play out and all the characters make good and bad decisions. And you said it ends tragically. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, that's not good. Anyway. Yeah. Allie wishes she could have been here today to talk about it. She loves musicals and loved this movie. And have you been playing it? Like you were playing Hamilton after we saw that? Uh, no, I liked Hamilton more personally, mm-hmm. but I have yet to see a movie adaptation of Hamilton. You know, who knows if I'll actually like that, but I think they should do it before Lin-Manuel Miranda gets too old, but um, he's very young. It's true. But I mean, if we give it another 10, 20 years, I'm and, surprised Lin doesn't have involvement in everything. That's I, I guarantee you it's been on the table many times. Like, Hey, let's make this into a movie. I heard at one point they were trying to make it into a TV series. Anyway, for as musicals go, this is a great one. I recognize, without even having watched the original, I recognized most of the songs. Really? And even could sing along with some of them. Because I had just, I've you know, you grew up with hearing certain songs. I mean, like, we all know, like, stuff from Annie without ever even watching it. Right. Well, especially if your mom, you said, was yeah, yeah. such a fan of the first well, that was that was another thing I was going to say is someone asked Spielberg, so why, why this movie? Like, why now? And he said, oh, he just roots back to something nostalgic for him. He said growing up, his mom was always playing the record, the soundtrack in their home. And so he always loved the story and loved loved the music. So, hmm. And it was just, just so well done. Like, what's his name? Ansel? Ansel's voice was great. Oh, he, he was singing it. Oh, yeah. Great, great voice. His voice was lovely. And uh, Rachel Zegler's voice was like incredible. Yeah. Really incredible. And she's a musician through and through. She's I I can't honestly can't wait to see her as Snow White now. And Ariana Debose Debose was De, also great. Debose. Oh, the other the, another interesting thing about this movie is that a lot of it was in Spanish, mm-hmm. and there were zero subtitles the whole movie. So like in between English speaking, they spoke Spanish, but there was zero subtitles. So you just kind of had to put the pieces together of what they were saying. That's really interesting. It was interesting. I speak a little bit of Spanish, like enough to get by if I needed to. And so I could understand like every couple of words, you know, or even predict a few words that they were going to say. But I had, I still had some trouble with some of the vocabulary words, but a really interesting choice. One of my other friends was like, wow, that's so woke of them. Like I guarantee, I guarantee you in Spanish speaking countries, if they play this movie, they're going to have English subtitles on. I said, yeah. That's well, probably, it is an English film. That is probably Featuring true. some Spanish. I, yeah. But he, he was advocating for saying, well, why why wouldn't they put Spanish subtitles? 
Well, this movie. if we've learned anything from Chris Nolan, the audio or <laughs> the the dialogue is only there as just a part of the experience, and it really doesn't matter what they're saying because you can pick up the emotion of the scene from all the elements put together. I agree with you, and that's exactly what I wanted to say. Anyway, so that was West Side Story. Do you have any other questions? You would recommend it to everybody, you said? Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. There's so much going on right now, I don't know if I will have the chance to see it. I still haven't seen Gucci. I would... You'd recommend this. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but I I just... I guess Scott would be my my Spielberg, as you love Spielberg. Or at least like this... this I'm source, speechless right now. I just don't have like... I don't care for musicals, even if they're great. Like I, I wouldn't have watched Hamilton if it hadn't have been for you being like, we're going to make a podcast. So you should might as well watch this. You should might as well. And I looking back, love it. Still don't really care. Like it was great, but it's like, I'm just not a musical guy, you know? Yeah. But you've sold me on its quality. And obviously, like you said, Spielberg, you know, he doesn't have too many movies left in him. Yeah. So cherish what we have. He already has his next one planned, I guess. He's doing a movie called The Fablemans. The Fablemans? Which I guess is about, uh, it's almost like a small, maybe fictional biopic on uh, his life. His early life of like getting into filmmaking and stuff, which would be really interesting. Yeah. I know a little bit of his story and it's pretty interesting. It could easily be made into a movie. About his childhood. Oh yeah. I mean, Making like- his the Spielberg documentary is like one of the most fascinating things. Anyway, uh, go see West Side Story or Encanto. Both were great. I love them both. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, I I don't think Gabe would have enjoyed either. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. So here's here's a song from uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Just a world, there's a star tonight. Good night, night. sleep well, and when you Safety, may I have your attention, please? This is a new thing we've been doing, but we have been adding addendums to past podcasts where we're including quick takes 
from uh, people who weren't able to comment on that specific piece of media. People who aren't prioritized. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Don't get used to it, listener. Usually just on the more one-sided podcasts, or it's just Gabe or myself who has seen it, to add a little bit more dimension in the end. And as per usual, this episode has not been changed up to this point where we are adding something just on the very tail end. Everything else has remained the same. But here's Allie's take on West Side Story. Yeah, I... I really enjoyed West Side Story. I think seeing it on the big screen was really special. I think Spielberg did a fantastic job with everything. The thing that immediately struck me was the way the film was colored. It almost felt like Technicolor, like the way the colors were saturated felt like slightly off in a good way. And how like, you know, all the jets were in like the grays and like the cooler colors. And then all of the sharks were in warmer colors and more saturated colors. Just everything stylistically was, was beautiful. And, and the performances were fantastic. I honestly enjoyed every single person that was cast. Yeah. Both Maria. I mean, Maria was fantastic. I know she, I think this was her first movie you're talking about rachel ziegler yeah rachel yeah. ziegler yeah. obviously she's got tremendous star talent amazing vo- uh, vocals and stage presence movie you know she she obviously was amazing and did I, they update a lot of the story at all like to make it more of a modern they did make a few changes i think there was yeah there were some changes there was uh, the character written in but the end of this new one there was the the scene where a bunch of the jets start attacking anita and then and then valentina comes in the older woman who played the original anita comes in and basically calls them out for being like rapists and i don't think that was in the original and i thought it was i thought it was like yeah spielberg definitely i think took the right liberties in creating cultural like commentary and discussion on um yeah on on different issues that are presented in the film um obviously like on race and Mm -hmm. was that race stuff there in the first movie in the play because i don't know anything about the original well, essentially, that's yeah, that's the whole tension. Oh, yeah. That's the crux. That's of the, the yeah. Right. Um, They're Puerto Ricans in the first. Yeah, <clears throat> except mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg cast actual Puerto Rican people in yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of just a whole yeah people. Um, dressed yeah, up. Natalie Wood played Maria in the original, and she was white, not Puerto Rican. White. <laughs> she actually played the little girl in the original Miracle on Thirty First Street. Oh yeah, we just watched that this year for the first time. I really liked that movie a lot. Yeah, it was good. Didn't she disappear, pass away? She died early. I think you're thinking of uh, Amelia Earhart. <laughs> With the airplane. <laughs> she flew across the ocean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the acting was great. And uh, yeah, overall, I just really, really enjoyed it. I mean, from that, from the beginning opening scene with like the jets and the rhythm and the colors, like I said, it just pulls you right in and it feels yeah. like you're you're at a stage production. Like it just feels like you're right there and everything's mm-hmm. vibrant and mm-hmm. present with you. And, well you know, I think that's hard to do. Doing a musical on a film format, I think that's probably incredibly hard to do. That's Spielberg. So it was wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Allie. Gabe, what did you think? Yeah. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> 
<laughs> I liked it a lot. I'm really happy I watched it, not just because it's like nominated for Best Picture, and it's Spielberg, you know, to boot. To boot. But I really like it. I always put off watching musicals, and then I'll watch the really good musicals, and I'll be like, I like watching musicals. <laughs> <laughs> but this film was just top to bottom quality. Like, the cast was amazing. I, I didn't know anything about West Side Story, the plot. So I was constantly on the edge of my seat, hoping these characters were going to make it out okay. Sure. And then when Riff gets stabbed, I was like, please don't kill Bernardo. And then he kills Bernardo. And then they get Chino <laughs> out there with the gun, and he kills Tony. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then you have Maria just crying. And I was like, please don't kill Maria. Like at least, It was so sad. Then she was holding the gun. And she's like, now I know how to hate. And now I hate. I was like, no. This is literally how you fall to the dark side, is hate. <laughs> but it was it was really good. I, I loved the music. I think my favorite track was the Maria, where Tony's like in the alley, and he just met Maria at the ball, or at the dance. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he finds her up on the, the scaffolding, whatever that was. What do they call that? The fire yeah. escape? Yeah, yeah, the fire escape. Yeah. I was really drawn in. I actually really like, obviously like, Rachel Ziegler coming out of nowhere with that powerful performance and that amazing voice. But I was pleasantly surprised with Ansel Elgort's tone yeah, as well. Totally. And that kind of crooner quality to it. If, he, I, if he wasn't canceled, it would have been a big year. I for him. don't think he's fully canceled. I looked at his IMDb. He's got four projects coming oh, out. Okay. Okay. Including a series on HBO with Ken Watanabe. Ooh. Something about crime and I think it was Japan or somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. But it was great. Um, Spielberg's style. Spielberg I think, nailed it. I think I said this earlier, but it's like a return to form for him because there's not a lot of CG here, but it's a lot of practical effects, a lot of really good lighting, a lot of good camera tricks, yeah. really good framing. There was so much lens really good, flare. Really good choice of lenses. Yeah. It's it's visually striking. Do you know if he shot it on film? Probably not, right? I don't know. It was very rich. Like, And this Spielberg always has like such texture to his movies and in like the production design. And I really like that. Obviously it's a period piece, so they go the extra mile to make it immersive. But yeah, I don't know. I was just blown away by the performances because obviously as a musical, I'm thinking they're going to focus everything on the music, but the straight dialogue and like those emotional beats really just hammered home. Like Valentina, even Tony's godmother or whatever, the Puerto Rican gal that was housing him. Every time she cried, I was crying. I was like, don't, please, be, you're going to be okay. Please. You know who that was, right? No, I don't know. That was Rita Moreno, who played the original in the, in the, in the original movie, played, An- played Anita. I figured as much. And Spielberg, Spielberg took, like, called her up and said, hey, we created a role for you in this new West Side Story. We, we want you to come and return. Yeah. And she was initially hesitant, but was like, yeah, I'll do it. So I was really compelled by... I mean, obviously, I I didn't know how racially charged the film was with like yeah. in terms of like literally racism, right? But specifically, like Riff's story was really sad. This kid who is just literally just Anakin Skywalker. He's just driven to hate everything, and to the point where he is literally like willing his own demise. And it was very sad, and maybe it was just because that actor killed it too, and he was like. Not even right when he was stabbed, but there are multiple scenes where he's just like got this forlorn look on his face. And you could see like, I feel so bad for this kid. Yeah. He's just a kid and he's like doing all this. He's literally instigating the conflict of the whole film. Sure. And I was, yeah. Honestly, if he'd wanted to, they could have. 
walked Men- away. Mended things, Tony, Bernardo, and Ray- and uh, Maria would have figured shit out. I, sure. Or it wouldn't have come to to blows and to death. Yeah. But yeah, it was so sad. And it's such a tragedy, very Shakespearean. You yeah, know? it was literally Romeo and Juliet. And having seen it now, I could totally see this winning Best Picture. It's not got my vote. I don't. Yeah. It's up there. I think it's like second tier. I think if for some reason the voting scenario doesn't work out, I think, you know, because with, with all the ones that could win, this could be like, this could take it if it was like people's second choice, you know? Well, if they keep using that, I'm a, pardon my French, that bullshit algorithm, literally anything top half could win, you know? Like it could be Nightmare Alley, could be West Side Story, obviously power the dog if not first will be second mm-hmm. and you know maybe dune slips in there any of those movies could win because they're all that good and the algorithm will be chaos <laughs> did you hear about all the drama with rachel Ziegler? no okay so she wasn't even invited to the oscars this year why just because the oscars didn't invite her so what? she posted about it on on social media and everyone just flipped out in the Oscars once again after all the changes that they've already made this year are being heavily criticized because for not inviting literally one of the two main protagonists of the Spielberg film yeah it's insane she, what a bunch of morons. She, she like she she responded I think it was either on Twitter or Instagram saying well I'll be watching it from my couch at home celebrating long you know psychos <laughs> I hope it gets rescinded and that they invite her because they have literally five, five or six days at this point. I can't so. wait to see her. She deserves every ounce of success that's coming. She's going to be the live action Snow White in the Disney movie. I'm, that's cool. I'm excited for that. Oh, real quick before we stop, that reminds me of one other thing you said because Ray, because Maria's character, you you mentioned on the original cast how like literally a third of the film, or not a third, maybe a quarter, maybe a little less of the film is in Spanish with no subtitles. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I just want to say real quick, that was a genius idea. Yeah. Like how much you can convey with just emotion, with physical acting sure, sure. and tone, yeah. like not like what we use tone for, but like a literal tone of voice. Also, the cool thing about America is that like the Hispanic population is so large here that even white people understand certain Spanish words so that if you, you know, say the right ones and you say them slow enough or lento enough, then it it's easy to understand still if you're, if it's directed in the right way. And I thought Spielberg did a great job directing at. Yeah. You know. It reminded me when we, when we started watching worst person in the world, our initial, what we were watching it on didn't have subtitles. And I almost wanted to test myself to see how far I wanted you're... to try watching a foreign film without yeah. subtitles, just mm. to see how much of it I could gather, mm-hmm. which I think would be testament to the power of the filmmaking without literally knowing what they're saying. 100%. Yeah. How much you can take away from it. Yeah. Not just emotion, but but story as well. It was great. I'm really happy with it. Well, that is West Side Story.